friends. Hi, it's me. It's Michelle, Glitter in the Dirt, uh, and it's been a minute since I've been here on the old podcast. Uh, and part of that is what I wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about New Year's resolutions versus positive manifesting. And I'm doing this today on my phone, so it may sound different like I have in the or than I have in the past. And sadly, my cute intro music was not available, but we're going to be okay with that and we're just going to roll forward with it. So I will address the elephant in the room or at least in, in my head, which is, uh, where have you been, Michelle? It turns out that um, doing a podcast every single week along with um, being creative in other areas and work and family and self-care and all of those things was not realistic for me. And in retrospect, I realized, yeah, that wasn't going to work. But I, I had such good intentions. And part of that will take me to talking about resolutions. So firstly, I don't really do New Year's and I never really have. Uh, in my younger days, I would always go out on New Year's Eve and it was always an enormous letdown because we put so much pressure on this one moment. And we think that that's going to somehow either shape our coming year or I don't, I don't know. We just put so much pressure on this one night or this one moment. And I just don't think it's healthy. It also does. It no longer resonates with me because my new year started in November after Samhain. So that take it or leave it. I'm not a new year's person. However, uh, I cannot deny, and maybe it's, you know, having grown up in America and being exposed and having that New Year's resolution urge kind of ingrained in me from a very young age, I cannot resist the urge in January to make plans and goals or to look at what's happening in my life and kind of figure out what I want to shift around. And part of that, I think, is just the season. I've spent a lot of time talking about this uh, on my social media lately and in private conversations with some of my girlfriends, which is January is a quiet month, especially after December. Uh, most people these days have some kind of winter celebration. If it's winter solstice, if it's Christmas, if it's Hanukkah, if it's Kwanzaa, I'm sure there are plenty of other celebrations that go on in December. So it's a busy month on many, many levels. If you're trying to hand make your gifts, if you're trying to scrounge up enough money to give gifts, if you're dealing with the stress of family or travel, like it's a, it's a fraying and frazzling month on the nerves. So when January hits, I think that there's just a collective <sighs> that kind of ripples across the world and it's time to rest. So January to me is not the time to do. January is the time to reflect and it is a time to plan and um, it's a time to receive inspiration. But I, most of that I will not move on until February or March. Uh, and that's, it's taken me a while to be comfortable with that because we live in a society that says you have to be moving all the time. You have to be contributing something of value all the time. And it is impossible. Nature doesn't even do that. Y'all, the world has gone to sleep in the Northern Hemisphere, right? Nature has put everything to bed and she has laid down and she is not coming out for a few more months. It's time to rest. And so I'm doing that. And I'm, I'm getting so much 
return on that investment of just doing nothing. This is what uh, Danielle Dulski in her book, uh, oh shoot, is it The Wild Woman Within? I can't think of the book right now. Uh, she has an amazing book and I think it's called The Wild Woman Within. Anyway, um, she talks about the fallow time. She talks about um, how we have to honor this part of our creative process, of our magical process, of just our life experience. It is just as valuable as in the high summer when we're just oozing and dripping with the honey of energy and creativity and abundance. All of the seasons bring something to us. And in my experience, it behooves us to, to listen to those messages that nature is giving us and then to live in accordance with them. So all of that being said, I realized in that time that while a weekly pod not something I could do, a monthly podcast was something that might be more reasonable for me. And I think that it would be allow me to give a lot more value and uh, heart and, and all those good things to this project uh, if I just dialed it back a little bit. So here I am and we're doing this thing. And I want to talk about now the idea of resolutions. Uh, I don't do New Year's resolutions. And the reason that I don't do it is because I think that they are intrinsically negative. I think that resolutions almost always involve giving something up or making yourself better because you are less than. For example, I'm going to stop eating carbs, which implies that there's something that you don't deserve that. I guess that's what it is. And now I don't eat a lot of carbs, but that's because I choose to put other things in my body that are more nourishing. And we'll come to that later. But it might be that you're going to lose 15 pounds, or it might be that you're going to stop. Some, it's always about stopping something or losing something. And I don't want to live my life feeling less than or feeling like I'm trying to catch up to everybody else. So instead of resolutions, and you could argue, and it you would be, there's some validity to this argument. It might just be semantics, but I choose manifestations in the form of self-love over resolutions. I choose to come to myself out of love that I deserve to be my best self. And when you come from a place of love instead of a place of self-loathing, I think that we just have a better chance of, of meeting our goals and of getting to them in a way that is healthy and loving. And, and without resentment, because that happens a lot, I find, with resolutions. You see that one person in your office, and she's angrily gnawing on a piece of celery because she decided that she had to lose 15 pounds, even though she was a perfectly fine person on December 31st. But suddenly on January 1st, she hates herself so much that all she's going to do is eat celery for the rest of her life. Celery's fine. I don't really care for it. But choosing to eat celery because you love celery is so different than choosing to eat celery because you don't deserve anything else. And that's just one example. I'm going to scooch my chair and I feel like it's going to make noise. Sorry. That's one example, but there are many others. So manifestation, and gosh, that word is becoming kind of problematic. I feel like, even as I'm saying it, I feel like it's really tied to privilege. And, and maybe we need to come up with another word. But manifestation, self-love, magic, call it what you will, it's about coming from a place of love and making room for what you want in your life. 
instead of cutting out things that you don't want, and, and that's a healthy, boundaries are good too. There's absolutely something to be said for that. But what if you set up your life through a format that was designed based on what you love and inviting more of that in? And the more space you fill up in yourself and your life with what brings you joy and happiness and love, the less space there is in your life for things that are going to drag you down, for relationships that don't bring you joy, for habits that don't help you work towards being your best self. So what does that look like? I know that for a lot of people, I've been talking on social media lately about self-love as I'm gearing up for my self-love workshop next week in February. And I'm trying to you know, get a sense for people about what self-love looks like for them right now. And one of the things that I keep hearing from people is, I don't know how to do that or that doesn't exist in my life. And it breaks my damn heart because it can be super simple. So some really simple ways that we can invite wellness into our life, we can invite joy into our life, is by simply deciding that you are going to make room for that thing in your life that brings you joy. Now, whatever that thing is, that's your deal. Is it that you love taking walks by the beach? Not my jam, but maybe that's yours. For me, one of the things that, that brings me so much love is singing. I love singing. I'm okay at it. I'm not super great, but I fucking love it. And so I now have been spending a lot more time singing and I'm making a conscious choice to do that. It brings me joy. It's a silly little thing, but it brings me joy. You could also put in there making just time for yourself. I imagine everybody who's listening to this is a woman because that's who my people are. And we do not often make time for ourselves. I'm, as I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm looking at photos that I have up and I'm getting a little emotional because I'm looking at the women in my life who I love, my dearest, dearest friends, and they are the most amazing collection of women and you know who you are. I see you, Margot and Pia and Linda and Lou and Allison. Like I'm looking at my friends who are amazing and they, each of them, in their own way, find ways to make space for what they love. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't get tired. It doesn't mean that they aren't frazzled sometimes. But when we make room for ourselves, we have more to give to other people. And that sounds silly, but women are caretakers by nature. We are nurturers. We are fixers. We are healers. We are listeners. We are in the business of giving. Most of us, not all. We give advice, we take care of children, we volunteer at shelters, we listen to our girlfriends when they're crying, we, you know, whatever it is we do. Like my life as a stay-at-home mom is very give-oriented. It is taking care of the needs of three other people before I take care of myself. But I have learned over time I cannot take care of those people who deserve me at my best self unless I'm taking care of myself too. So that means for me, yoga, I do yoga every day and I take a walk almost every day. And those two little things help me to keep my, my mental health in check and my physical, and I just like to move my body. So those are where I make space. Now for somebody else, maybe that means that you make space to take a nap. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're like one of my dearest friends who is a single mom who also works and is going to college at the age of 43. She is amazing. So maybe in that situation, your self-love looks like 
making yourself a cup of tea and just taking a nap. And that's okay. Self-love is a quiet thing. It could also mean now. Okay. So when we talk about resolutions and people always say, I'm not going to eat carbs or I'm going to lose this weight. What if you couched it in a different way to yourself? What if you presented yourself with the option to truly nourish your physical body? I'm going to say it again. Nourish your physical body. And again, I can only speak from my own experience, but for me, that means eating primarily whole foods. It means cooking on most days, but not everybody can do that. So you're going to have to frame this up in a way that works best for you. But long ago, long ago, it was probably five years ago, I had this moment and I thought if I truly believe that there is divinity in everything and that I am connected to the divine and I recognize my body as being a temple of that divinity as my connection to the goddess and to nature, why would I not choose to put the best possible foods made with love into my body that I could? And it was that moment that had a really big impact on my life. And don't get me wrong, mama still loves a cheeseburger. And that too sometimes is an act of self-love, but in a different way. So to nourish your body means that our, most people are dehydrated, for example. What if you just that? What if you just make drinking water your new thing? I hated water. I never drank water. Like I have to tell you, when I was pregnant with both of my children, I had to leave bottles of water in every room so that I would see them and drink. I grew up drinking Coca-Cola and milk and juice. We did not drink water. I don't know how I survived. <laughs> I don't. I did not drink water. And so that's a simple act of self-love and self-care that will cost you very little, but will pay you so hugely. Is that a word? Or, yeah, that's a word, right? <laughs> I make up words sometimes. Another really great act of, of self-love and a way that you can manifest joy in your life is positive affirmations. And I know they're so silly. They are, they're silly. There's, they're just silly. When I started working with them or when I first started even learning about them, I would roll my eyes so hard that I could see the back of my own skull. They sound ridiculous. And I have suggested this particular one to several people lately. And it's super simple. And I'm just going to ask you to just be open to the idea. On my hard days, I will walk to a mirror and I will look at myself in the eyes and I'll just take a minute and really soak in what I'm looking at. And I try to observe it without getting emotionally att attached to what it brings up inside of me. And I will look at myself in the eyes and with all seriousness, I will say, Michelle, I love you. I will often cry. It's the weirdest thing to allow yourself to be loved, even in that little way, can just crack open your heart or let a light of, or a ray of light kind of shine through those clouds that are dimming your soul right now. That one little thing can change your whole day. And there are weeks when I will do that every day, a couple of times a day. And then eventually, when I look in the mirror, I don't have to say the words because the woman looking back at me is already saying it with her eyes. And it is a transformational experience. 
and I know it sounds silly, but I dare you to try it. It has helped me in so many ways. And another great way to manifest joy and happiness and love in your life without coming from a place of negativity, try something new. It's crazy what it does to our brains. And you can Google the science on it because I'm not sciencey. But just the act of trying new things, it lights up different parts of your brain and it can bring you joy even if you suck at them. A couple of years ago, I started taking a pottery class. I was okay at it and I really did like it. But just the act of learning something new, like I was able to have this whole pivot on my outlook on life over the course of a couple of months just by trying this new thing. So maybe try something new. Maybe take a line dancing class. Maybe start cooking from scratch one night a week. Maybe try, I don't know, whatever your thing is, go golf. I I don't like golf, but, you know, just do the thing. Do the thing that you've wanted to be doing. And then this last one, there's no way to saying that it doesn't have a negative connotation to it because it's a negative word, but it's going to come from a place of self-love and self-respect and boundaries. And that word is no. And I've heard it referred to as the sacred no. I don't know who coined that phrase. And I'm still working on this one because I am a people pleaser and I'm a caretaker. So to say no to anybody kind of hurts my heart. But that is also because I feel like I owe everybody around me, all of me all the time. And that's just not healthy. So the the idea of the sacred no is simply saying no, no explanation, no guilt, no questions, end of story. No is a complete sentence. And it can be liberating, but you have to be able to say it without second guessing yourself. And you have to be able to say it and know that what you're saying is the right choice for you. It could be as simple as, hey, Michelle, do you want to go get drinks with the girls on Friday night? My internal conversation is, oh God, it's going to be crowded there. I don't like crowds. Oh, I'm going to have to wash my hair, but gosh, she's asking me out and that means that she likes me. So I probably should go. And just all this neurotic bullshit But the word that will come out of my mouth will simply be, no, maybe no thank you because my mama raised me to be polite. It could also be when somebody asks you out that you don't want to go out with. And I can't tell you how many dates I went on just because I didn't want to be rude and say no. It means you can just say no. You don't owe anybody an explanation. It can be so liberating to just say that one little thing. And when you say no to the things that you don't want, I'm going to say it, please, it's cheesy. You're saying yes to the things that you do want. You're saying yes to your boundaries. You're saying yes to the value of yourself. You are saying yes to the possibility of all the things in the world that you actually do want in your life. What if you stopped doing all the things that you hated and started doing all the things that you love? How different could your life be if you came from a place of self-love as you walked through this world? I can tell you, the person who told me that I needed to learn about self-love, and this is before self-love was the trendy term that it is now, was my husband. And if you knew my husband, you would say, well, what? Because my husband is a very down-to-earth, quiet, not touchy-feely person. But there, it was like seven years ago. When I was having a really rough time and I think I was having one of those moments with like, why don't you love me? And he did love me. He does love me. But he looked at me and he said, 
you have to love yourself first. And it hit me like a lightning bolt. And well, no, I'll tell you the truth. It actually pissed me off because I just wanted him to love me enough for both of us. And that's not a fair thing to put on anybody. And now, you know, seven years later, six years later, I get it. And I've taken it to a whole nother level that makes him roll his eyes sometimes. But in loving myself, like self-love took me to self-acceptance because that's a, that's a thing too. And we'll talk about that one day. And then that took me to self-care, real self-care, not indulging in buying myself silly things because they temporarily are band-aids for what's bothering me, but real self-care in treating myself like the temple, like the goddess, like the divine being that I am. And it all started with loving myself. So what if instead of New Year's resolutions and telling yourself, I can't have that, I don't deserve that, I'm not good enough for that. What if you came from a place of, I deserve, insert the thing that you love here, or I love myself enough that I'm going to fill in the blank with what's going to bring you joy. I think that we all could be better. And I think that everybody around us can benefit from truly loving and taking care of ourselves. So that's where I'm at. I hope that this phone recording business is working out because I think it's the most realistic way for me to keep going on this little podcast that we're doing. Uh, I do have a workshop coming up. I don't have the date yet. It's going to be in about four weeks. It'll be in mid-February, and it's going to be self-love for witches. And some of the things we talked about today are touched on in the workshop, but there's a whole lot more, and there's a guided meditation and all kinds of cool stuff. So keep your eyes out on my Instagram and my Patreon. They are both glitter in the dirt, and I will be making announcements on that soon. And I think that's it. So sending y'all so much love and appreciation for checking out my podcast. And um, yeah, I need to come up with like a cool sign off. I'm going to steal Jim Jeffries for right now. I think we can all do better. No, that's negative. Fuck that. Let's come up with something. I can't think of it. I'm just going to say I love you. Longest, weirdest outro ever. All right, you guys. I love you. Be happy.